Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's over. It's all over. Kevin Durant single-handedly putting all of your ridiculous, outlandish trade machine moves in the dumpster. Sean Marks, Josiah, Kevin Durant, Tuesday morning, put out a statement. The Nets and Kevin Durant have decided to continue their partnership with a lasting goal of chasing a championship. Paraphrase, mind you. But basically, he ain't going nowhere. Whoop-de-doo, what a freaking surprise. I have a rant on that coming up. But hey, now that the KD stuff has been figured out, What's going to happen with Donovan Mitchell? What's going to happen with Kyrie Irving? What's going to happen with the Lakers? We got the crossover Pro-Am in Seattle. A lot of big names coming through until a bunch of condensation ruined the fun. I have a personal problem at my home right now that Brian's going to bring up in an analogy to this whole Kevin Durant situation. But keep it at 94 one more time before I take off and go to Lake Norman and have fun at a bachelor party for a whole weekend. Actually, more like four days. I'm very excited. Get to let loose. For once, it won't be golf. I'll be out on the water. Be a little VIP in the club. Going to have a fun, fun time. Really looking forward to it. But before that, got to take care of some business right here on Keep It at 94 with Brian Fritz, a part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. It's over. Ding dong. It's done. Please, please, please stop putting out your stupid trade requests, your meaningless content for two months. It's over. But Spencer, I had just come up with a hot new five-way trade that was going to involve Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, and Donovan Mitchell among others, that now I don't get to share with the world. I don't know which thing I'm going to rant on first. I don't know if I'm going to rant on the actual trade nonsense. The fact that, you know, Kevin Durant, one of the best players of all time, was going to get dealt. I mean, come the hell on, dude. I know that we were going through scenarios when it was out there, 
But you could tell by the tone of my voice in these podcasts that you knew that wasn't going to happen. Come on. It's it's like trading LeBron, honestly, if you want to go there. It's like trading LeBron James. You're not going to get the value you want back, especially when Rudy Gobert ruined the trade market, when DeJounte Murray ruined the trade market. Just wasn't going to happen. Secondly, secondly, some dude that I don't even know on Twitter, some guy named Flex, okay, apparently said that a trade to the Suns was 99% done with Kevin Durant when this stuff started coming out. And here's the problem I have with guys like Flex and guys like whoever wants to be reporter on Twitter, that's the random fan. The Scott Allen Hills of the world, if you've been following along with the NFL and Browns situation, not going to go there. But people that say they have information based on a hunch, who honestly are just chasing clout. Chasing clout because it's a damn drug and making a mockery of our profession. That's what I have a problem with. Because anybody on Twitter, on Facebook, on TikTok, whatever the hell social media profile or platform you're on, can just put out nonsense, utter garbage, and people will run with it. Because they're bored. Let's be honest. They're bored. And then this is what happens. Two months, I think Bill Simmons said this actually, (laughs) thanks to Kevin Durant and KD and whoever was putting out this stuff for giving us two months of non-boring because we had to fill the two months. The offseason wasn't fun enough. So we went out in the head and go, okay, Kevin Durant wants traded. And I mean, I'm prob- probably there was some semblance of truth to it. But is there actually a way to make it happen? Hell no. Hell no. And here we stand. Kevin Durant staying in Brooklyn. By the way, According to Brian Lewis of the New York Post, this isn't just a one-year thing convincing him, okay, we're back. No, this is a long-term vision move. Not even a move. He's staying. Big freaking surprise. I want to swear so bad right now, Brian, because this stuff annoys me to oblivion. I know it does. And this is the most... so annoying. I am annoyed beyond belief right now. And... And I'm sure that you're going to bring up what's been going on with Patrick Beverly and Kevin Durant on the Twitter machine going back and forth, back and forth. And honestly, I take some of Pat Bev's side, but I also don't know the full details around the Kevin Durant trade request and what happened there. There was obviously truth to it because the team put out a statement today, like I said. And by the way, had the Nets logo and the boardroom logo on it. So their solidarity. Well, I think there was a lot of layers to this. And as this process went on, it was obvious that the Nets wanted to keep Kevin Durant. They were speaking with other teams, but they were fielding calls. They weren't calling other teams. They're like, give me, give me your offers. And teams were never going to give them their best offer. And I don't know if a best offer would have even been enough. I think it would have had to include multiple teams. And like you had said, you know, we already saw the Gobert trade. We saw the DeJounte Murray trade. We saw the elevated packages that were included there. And those were just for good players. I mean, you were you weren't even talking about star players going back in return. You were just talking about, you know, a lot of draft picks. And now when you're talking about Kevin Durant, 
you're not just talking about a lot of draft picks. You're talking about an all-star player needs to be included. Other role players need to be included. And that's what always made it difficult. And the Nets are going to do that for two reasons. Number one, you're going to give us a lot for us to give up Kevin Durant. Or two, we're going to be asking so much. We know nobody can ever meet this asking price. And it's going to have Kevin Durant stay here. And it's something that I think that a lot of us had seen. I know that you were very much on this for a long time, that the most obvious thing would be Kevin Durant needs to stay in Brooklyn. It's the best fit. It works. He's just beginning a four-year contract. He wanted to go there years ago. He wanted to pair up with Kyrie Irving. He wanted Steve Nash to be the coach. Sure, there are ups and downs in every relationship, but this is still going to be the best thing for everybody involved. And that's where we are now. And like you said, this isn't just a one-year thing. This is a let's move forward with this partnership. Let's not go through this mess again. Whether it's the trade deadline this year, whether it's next offseason, they don't want to put that signal out there and give anybody any little bit of hope saying, oh, so the door's still cracked open where maybe we could get Kevin Durant. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Whatever issues they've had, they've talked it out. And quite honestly, if you move on from even the Kevin Durant situation when it comes to the Nets, because the other problem there was Kyrie Irving, and we saw you know he opted in for the final year of his deal. And there were problems in their negotiations you know, between the team and himself. And everything that you've heard this offseason about Kyrie is playing nice, with the organization now, even though he gave them extreme headaches where it seemed like everybody with the organization last year was like, we are done. We do not want to have Kyrie here anymore with everything he put us through. Um, not only with on the court mess, but behind the scenes stuff, we want to be done with that partnership. But now Kyrie has played nice with everybody, even though we thought he was going to be traded. We thought he was going to go to the Lakers at some point, but he's playing nice He's working out with teammates. He's doing all these different camps. He's doing the right thing. And now Kevin Durant has made the commitment, I will be back long-term to where I really wonder, and it's already been said that Kyrie was going to talk face-to-face with uh, ownership and management with the Nets um, during training camp. And I am of the belief, too, that now that this Kevin Durant thing has been squashed and with Kyrie being on his best behavior, that I think Kyrie's going to get a deal to stay with the Nets. I'm not saying it's going to be a max deal for four years. I don't think it's going to be that. And I think there's going to be some provisions, whatever contract. But I really think that something is going to get worked out that's going to keep Kyrie Irving in a Nets uniform probably for another two or three years beyond this season. And that will work out great because, I mean, dude, look at their roster. You know, as I've been puppeteering here for the last couple months they have a good team that's why it made the most sense they do but there's one x factor there's one big x factor james harden isn't there anymore so oh but wait i know who is i know who is the guy who hasn't played basketball in a year you're exactly ben simmons ben simmons is the x factor because we could sit here and say on paper it's a nice fit but We're talking about a Ben Simmons who last year did not want to play basketball, who gets traded, who suddenly has a back injury. And guess what? I mean, that's pretty serious. He's still only doing three on three, uh, you know, contact drills. They're saying he'll be ready for training camp. 
I don't know how well he's going to fit with these guys. We can sit here and say it's going to be great, but we don't know. But the other thing is, too, how much does he want to play basketball? How much does he love basketball? And how hard is he going to go out there and play? Because I have a feeling that's one of the many issues that Kevin Durant probably had with the organization is like, oh, we got Ben Simmons here now. And I don't even know if this guy loves the hoop. Yeah. But at the same time here, I, I God, I have to come to Ben Simmons. But defense. if Ben can be who he was before, then it's a great fit. Yeah. 26 years old. You just missed an entire season of basketball. You're going to be in the best physical shape of your life. You're going to end up having an entire training camp with these guys. Even if he doesn't, quote unquote, love the game of basketball, he's going to make a huge impact just because we know how good he is defensively. We know how good he is in transition. He's probably going to start it. If I had to guess power forward, if Kyrie is back, you know, like, so this is a solid, solid roster. Okay, you're getting Joe Harris back, by the way. You acquire Royce O'Neal, who very proven as a as a depth piece or even as a starter, if you need him as a spot starter to play some solid defense, knock down some shots. Really, really underrated move, bringing in TJ Warren, who also hasn't played basketball in a year or so. And you add Edmund Sumner, and that's that's the guy that I want to spotlight here because he is going to break his way into this roster, and he's going to make it and be a rotational player. He is going to be a solid, solid addition, good two-way, two-way guard, and uh, did a lot of good things in Indiana down the stretch two years ago before he had that really tough injury. And I actually wanted to go there, too, because I think he could end up playing a little more over Cam Thomas to start the season just because of Cam's little eye-roll tactic in Summer League when he was asked about Steve Nash. I'm sure the team knows about that. And by the way, huge supporter of Cam Thomas. I think his game is outstanding. I think he's a good kid. I just think that this would be a way to probably, you know, knock a little respect into him by kind of, uh, you know, putting him at the, the end of the rotation to start. Just because you don't show up your head coach like that, you don't show up your organization like that, if that's what he was meaning to do. And you didn't even mention Seth Curry, who is a part of this team as well and was a great fit with Whoops. KD. See? So, See, it's a good team. It's a good team. Brian. Well, here's the question I have, because it is a very good team. And Patty Mills came back too? Yes. And he re-signed I, Nick Claxton? I want to see the best Ben Simmons possible. I hope that he's healthy, number one, and I hope that his head is in the right space. Because I think if those two things are in a manner, I think that being around Kevin Durant and hopefully being around a supercharged, positive Kyrie Irving, you know, and what he brings to the table on the court could bring out the best in Ben and make him enjoy the game even that much more. You mentioned that roster. Who do you think starts? I think that I would have... Kyrie and KD are the givens. Well, yeah. <laughs> I would think so. I think uh, Joe Harris is a given. I think it's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you need the shooters. Honestly, what you could do, you could go Kyrie, Seth, Joe, KD, Ben. You could. If you want to go small, you really that's could. what you do. I mean, Ben's 6'11". He could absolutely play the center. He's going he to play the center a lot. He wouldn't be the center, you know what I'm saying? Like the only thing defensively, it might be a little tougher for him 
like in the post per se. But I'm just thinking along those lines, if you want your shooting lineup, that's your shooting lineup. I think that's no their question. closing lineup, quite honestly. Okay. When it, or or they put Royce O'Neal in there in place of, of uh, Seth sometimes. Right. Like, if they and you have TJ Warren, he could play at the three or the four. Sure. You know, like, so, I mean, they've got a lot of flexibility on what they can mm-hmm. do here. I mean, I mean, they could Seth start Seth could clutching. be the backup point more than Patty, too. I'm sorry for yeah. interrupting. I'm because, just thinking of the chances and the possibilities. Because otherwise, you're starting a backcourt of Kyrie and Seth. That is kind of small. I mean, it, it, the shooting is unbelievable, but it's a little bit of a, of a small backcourt. And it could be a little challenging defensively. But they have a lot of different options. They've got a lot of options on what they could do there. So, I mean, and I think that's why so many people are intrigued by this team. Now that we know Kevin Durant's going to be back, Kyrie Irving is back. Look at what they can do. And they can make a move during the regular season. And I'm not saying trade Kyrie, trade KD, anything like that. I'm saying, hey, if we're really playing well and we need another piece, I think that they have some things there they can do it. They don't have picks because they owe them all to Houston. But, I mean, they, they've got some possible moves that they can make. They do. They absolutely do. And they are in the driver's seat if they can figure this out, patch things up with Kyrie the way you said that he's been much better and more, you know, responsive and uh, hearing them out, essentially. It's funny um, how people play on their best behavior when they're in the contract here. <laughs> but he wants to play with KD, I think. I don't think that that relationship has ever fallen apart. I think they've, I mean, they've worked out together this off season. I've never really saw where people said that they're upset with one another. Maybe they felt like at some point, maybe we get along, but maybe we shouldn't be on the same team. But even that didn't really come out. I think a lot of people are trying to get to that point, but you never really heard that. I think, I think Katie's problems, and there was a bunch of them with the team and among them, was Kyrie didn't get his extension. Um, there were, I think he felt like there were some promises that weren't kept. Maybe. And I, and I think some of it is too, that I think the nets between ownership and front office were saying, we gave you guys the key to the car and we're taking the keys back. We're happy to give it to you and go out for the weekend and, you know, go hang out with your friends but you're not holding on to the keys. We're taking yeah. some of this back. You know, the irony of the situation is I was doing my victory lap of around, you know, the superstar players or whatever like that, going back to the Kenny Atkinson years. And I said, they screwed up by adding James Harden. And I still take that victory lap portion, but they are in a really good position. though. They're in a really solid position with Katie, Ben, possibly Kyrie, you know, you had Claxton. You bring in some really solid depth pieces. Seth Curry, like you said, they're in a good spot. And none of their guys are, like, overly old. Like, they have a good mix of youth and experience. And I don't think, I was going to say, I'm looking at the roster right now. They don't have anyone that's over the age of 33. Kevin Durant's the oldest player on the team. Right. And I, I think the biggest thing to me that stands out when it comes to this team and what they need is number one, health, you know, out of KD. And the other is how well can they play defensively? And I think Ben is going to help a lot in that area. Um, but some of the guys, especially some of the perimeter guys, are really going to have to step up. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. But they have so much shooting on this team, they can mitigate some of that, you know, on the other end of the yeah. court. And they just need to play fast. All they do is need to play fast, man. Oh, okay. That, that, um, that also, team has so many different tentacles and so many different things that they could do. Now we get to talk about that portion of it going, we can sit here and say, okay, for the longest time we've been talking about the rumors of where, where could KD go? But now we can let our minds drift to what can this team actually look like with everybody back? Yeah. And I've, I, again, I've been on that train. I'm like, dude, they stay on the roster. This is a good team. Uh, oh, why are you trading that pick for Royce O'Neal? Random move, right? Well, Royce now is on a contender. And same with TJ Warren. And same with Patty Mills. Nick Claxton saw it. He came back for the money and for the opportunity. It's a good team, guys. And Joe Harris, like you said, going to be healthy now. Got some shooters. They love Joe Harris. They love him. They should. He's a good player. He makes a load of a difference. And yes, they, they will be a top five team in the, the East next year. I think oh, absolutely. I think, I think they have the potential to be a top three. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. There, there's a lot of competition. The East is yeah. the East is looking tough well, next you year. You look at the West. I think the West depth-wise is incredible. But you look at the top of the East, because I, I think whoever wins the most games this season is probably going to come out of the East. I think the West is probably the tougher conference overall. But, man, I... I wouldn't put the Nets over the Celtics or the Bucks, but they're right there, you know, with them or behind them. I'm still looking at Philly being a top team. I'm looking at Miami being a top team. Maybe Toronto sneaks in there. It's tough, man. And then after that five, who you got taking six, seven, and eight? I mean, obviously we have the play-in tournament still, but you're looking at Atlanta. You're looking at Cleveland. We're not even bringing up Chicago because they've been pretty quiet this offseason. They brought back Zach Levine on the big contract. We saw that. They need Lonzo Ball to get right. Lonzo's got to be healthy. Alex Caruso's got to be healthy. I think that's very important. But you have those three. You have Charlotte. What's what's going to end up going on in Charlotte? Is Charlotte going to regress? Are they going to stay put? Who knows, man? That, that, this is a tough, tough conference this year. And I'm looking forward to seeing the young guys on Detroit compete. I Orlando, I'm looking at the same, same thing there. I know that's not on the same level as what we were just talking about, but... Orlando's going to be a much improved team. Dude, 6 through 10 could be a toss-up. That's all I'm saying. I didn't bring up the Knicks either, especially we don't know what happens with Donovan Mitchell, but that's probably the next subject we get on, but I, I, I think we all knew with, with KD... We saw the report come out with Shams on Monday about Memphis, and they weren't willing to include Jaron Jackson Jr. or Desmond Payne. That it was a it was a wrap. It was a wrap because you have to include those types of players to get Kevin Durant. That was KD's last chance, and and then see the part of the reporting of this too was that Kevin Durant finally came around to the mindset that so many other people have already had, saying. Oh, well, if a team actually matches what Brooklyn wants for me, I'm not going to be able to contend with that team because they're not going to have anything left. They're going to have to give up all their best players and all their future picks. So what's the point? Yeah. As you said in the Slack channel, welcome to reality, Captain Obvious. I think a lot of this should have hit him in the head 
when it came to Phoenix, he probably knew. He probably knew, man. Like, because he want he wanted to go to Phoenix. Phoenix was number one choice. He wanted to play with Devin Booker. Once that fell apart, I mean, it was just like, okay, who else are you interested? Well, it was kind of like thinking about this or thinking about that, you know. And you know, then Brooklyn was just like. We're, we're not going to move this guy. And so many people have equated it to years ago when Kobe Bryant told the Lakers he wanted to trade. And the way that fell apart basically was the Lakers said, all right, we got a deal. We're going to send you to Detroit. And then Kobe's like, okay, what are you getting back? He goes, we're getting back Rip Hamilton and Tayshaun Prince. And he's like, no, I want to go there to play with Rip Hamilton. And then they said, that's it. Deal's off. Deal is off. And they, and they pulled Kobe in and they said, we want you to be here. You are a vital part of this team. We promise we're going to do everything in our powers to go out there and get you, you know, an improved roster. And what did they do that year? They traded for Pau Gasol and they went go on to win the title. That's How about all I got that. They went back to back titles after that. There you go. Do we see history repeat itself in Brooklyn? We'll see. And by the we way, we'll pa- see. Pau Gasol is having his jersey retired by the Lakers on March 7th. Yeah, nice they little the news dump on schedule day, by the way. Poor Pau. Yes. Pau deserves better than that. But Come let on me, now. I will get to the analogy you've been wanting me to do this entire time. <laughs> because the ridiculousness, as it all played out over this last month and a half, the ridiculousness of Kevin Durant and all the trade rumors and all the scenarios people have come up with and all the words said, the words written, it's about as ridiculous as a homeowners association telling you what drapes you should be able to have in your garage. It is. It is. And this will be a very quick, this will be very quick, people. But where do they get off telling me that I got to take down blinds that have been in my garage for a house that I've owned for two years, condo, okay? I got to take them down because they're a quote-unquote eyesore to the middle of the property. They're in your garage. They're not they're outside. They're inside of my garage. And, right. They're inside of my garage, and they want them to turn to white Venetian blinds. And Quote-unquote white Venetian blinds instead of the bamboo blinds that I have in there right now. By the way, didn't put them there. They were already there when I bought the damn place. The HOA, I thought, was supposed to cover stuff from the outside, not from the inside. They're threatening me fines of $50 per day. So that's what I'm going to do after this podcast. How stupid is that? That's you got to go. Requests. You're going to make a little trip to the Home Depot and get some uh, Venetian blinds, huh? Yeah. Hopefully I go to, I can go to Walmart. It's a little quick, quicker, a little closer. Mm-hmm. But dude. You better like, measure that out first, man. One of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. If I measure that out and there's like a hornet that comes out of there, I'm going to be so mad at them. <laughs> there's a wasp nest. There could totally be a nest of some sort in there. I don't know what the hell's behind that blind. But a garage window? A garage window. Not even my place. The garage window. Can you draw like a smiley face or something on the one side so when you actually close the blinds, the face comes together? Can I spray paint it white? Because I don't give a crap about that window. That's a good point. Who uses the garage window? Who's going to walk through the middle of my property and look down to where, by the way, it's a very tiny little crevice and say, oh, you know, those beige-colored blinds, they're just not doing it for me. I'll you tell know. you the two people that want to look in that window, thieves and creepers. Yeah. 
probably a good point. Thieves good and point. creepers. Good point. Good Have point. you ever lived in a house that's been robbed? No. I have. The same house ah, got robbed wait, twice. My apartment, my apartment in Akron. My apartment in Akron. I I had my car broken in too. Oh, that that's true. But I lived, yeah, no, also my apartment there too. Our house got robbed twice. Damn. Sorry to hear that. Twice. That's annoying. I think I just missed the guy the second time. I was a, I was a teenager. It was bad. <laughs> Good Lord. Good I can laugh Lord. about it now, but at the time it was kind of like, oh, what's going on here? Mm, mm, mm. We have only like one or two other things to talk about, and then we'll get out of everybody. Well, there's care. a couple things because, I mean, yeah, the, the ripple effect of KD staying. The ripple in- effect. I, here's, here's actually, you, you, you brought, you brought the, uh, the topic to my mind here. So uh, what Patrick Beverly was saying on Twitter, by the way, is basically how Kevin Durant was holding everything up, okay? So there are still some notable free agents out there, mostly headlighted by Colin Sexton, obviously. Uh, been talking about him for the last few podcasts and even, you know, guessed it over on, uh, you know, the podcast with, with Ben and Zach that I did last week. But I was thinking to myself, okay... Now, where do the dominoes fall next? That's that's the immediate thought, okay? Does this impact the pieces that would go for a Donovan Mitchell, per se, right? Or the amount of money someone was willing to pay somebody in free agency? The answer is yes. With, with Mitchell, this is interesting because I don't think someone— if someone's not willing to pay up the A++ price for Kevin Durant— how do you think they're going to play the A++ for Donovan Mitchell? That's my thought on that. And that's the only thing that I think makes sense. The only because difference to me, they're though, not on each other. They're not on each other's levels. They're well, not. They're just not. Right. But I mean, I think the difference between KD and Mitchell in the trade packages being talked about, the biggest difference to me is the Nets wanted an all-star player back and rotation players along with Fair. picks and Utah does not want that. They just want the picks. Yeah. And maybe a young player. Capital. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's the same thing that happened with the go bear trade. And I think that's why they, another reason why they got so many picks. It was a desperate team. I was willing to overpay. Plus you didn't have to give back quality players. So, I mean, there was some solid players, but there was nothing you know, there was no all-star capital. And there were players that Utah will be happy to flip and try to get more draft capital in return for. Sure. And I mean, do you think that Danny Ainge would be willing to settle because he got such a no. amazing return for Rudy? Or will he he will he just rest and rest and rest until he gets what he wants? I think he'll do the latter, but I'm of the belief that as camp gets closer, they will work out a deal with the Knicks. Somehow, some way, Donovan Mitchell will be a Nick to start the season. I think now, I said the same thing as you did too last week. Yeah. And, and I think it's just going to come down to how many picks and how many are unprotected. Mm. Because I, I think that's where the chasm is right now. I think, I think Utah wants like five and I think the Knicks are willing to do like three. It's something like that, you know? So they're, there is some wiggle room. I mean, remember, they, they stopped talking for a while. They started talking again. I think that conversation is going to pick up now. Um, 
you know, Shams has already said that maybe the Lakers would get involved in that as well. It could be a three-way deal that could include Russell Westbrook, which I could I could see because everybody's been talking about where Russ could go if it wasn't going to be for Kyrie. And Indiana's a team that's been talked about, but Utah is the other team that has been talked about as well. And, you know, I think one of the things that L.A. really wants to do is not only get off Russ, but they want to get some players back in return that can help the team this year. And they don't really want to give up both of their controllable picks in 27 and 29. And maybe if there's a three-way deal that can help them to where they won't have to give up one of those picks in that deal and maybe maybe some second-round picks or, or something, I'm, I don't know. Um, because, you know, New York would probably still have to do the heavy lifting when it came to picks. I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of variables still there, but I think Mitchell is going to be a Nick before the season starts. No, I think so too. If you're talking Turkey on a three-way between LA, Utah, and, you know, the Knicks, who do you think would be a good piece coming back for your Lakers? Like, I, if this would were to happen and Donovan Mitchell were to come to New York... I, something tells me that Evan Fournier wouldn't be around in the Big Apple, you know, but there's also some decent-sized contracts. You have Patrick Beverly and Bojan Bogdanovic in Utah that, you know, could end up being on the outs. Um, I think the Knicks are still sticking with Julius Randle, you know, so, like, I'm thinking of trying to think of, like, big contracts that could be on their way out over there. Well, Randle has four years you know, like, left, so Utah mm-hmm. definitely does not want that, and I don't think L.A. wants any part of that either. So when you look at Utah, the four players I think that you'd look at the most, Patrick Beverly, $13 million, final year of his deal. Uh, actually, there's five players. Clarkson, $13.3 million left on his deal. He has a player option for next year for $14 million. Malik Beasley makes uh, $15.5 million. He has a team option for next year for $16.5 um, Bogdanovich, $19.5 million. He's in the final year of his deal. Mike Conley makes $22.5 million. He has a, an, uh, an option on next year, but he's guaranteed $14 million of the $24 million he's owed next year. So that's, that's still a big chunk. And mm-hmm. I, I think Utah would love to get off Conley and some of the other guys. I think the Lakers, the two players they would target the most, the ones that Shams brought up, that's Patrick Beverly and that's uh, William Bogdanovich. Now, I could see them also maybe having an interest in Malik Beasley because the the other year on his deal is a team option. Uh, Clarkson maybe, but you know it's a player option. I would I'm sure he would exercise it. So those are the guys I'd be looking at. But I think I think Beverly and Bogdanovich probably make the most sense for what LA needs because they, they, they would need they need a point guard. You know, so Patrick Beverly, shoot me in the head now. Scrappy defense. Yeah. Decent three point shooter. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Bogdanovich in that offense. Dude, Bogey would would be automatically the two slash three option. He would be the three. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, not if if LeBron and AD are not on the court. I get that. But you know what I mean? Sure. But like, think of all the open shots that he should theoretically get with a LeBron and Anthony Davis. He's a good self creator, too, actually. Right. But I mean, I mean, LA needs, they desperately need shooters. So, I mean, Bogdanovich should help. Patrick Beverly, his numbers show that he can help, but I mean, he can be on and he could be way off as well. So, you know, but they would, they would need another, you know, ball handler, defensive guy. I mean, I, 
I wonder about Bev's game from a standpoint as he gets older, is it going to deteriorate even on the defensive end? But, you know, he's been solid so far. Um, and, you know, he's he's thrown it out there and teased all offseason about going to L.A. So, I mean, he would be all for that. Um, I mean, there's also the Indiana deal. You know, it's been talked about, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, but Indy wants, you know, both of the first-round picks. I mean – Sounds like Miles Turner ain't going anywhere, by the way. Uh, Alex Kennedy talked to Chad Buchanan as a part of his Tyrese Halliburton piece, and seems like they're really excited about Halley and Turner playing together. So that's that's right. another wrinkle that's into this. Well, let me ask you this. If if he was available, if you were the Lakers, which which one do you like more? Do you like the Indiana deal more, or do you like a potential Utah deal more? I would. I, I think I would like the Indiana deal more, but is it possible and that's the other thing too because utah and indiana are both in the same boat they are not trying to compete they're gonna try and evaluate they're gonna throw out their young guys into the fire and see what happens but i don't think they're actively trying to compete for a title this year and they're gonna try and asset accumulate over the next few years well, the thing is, too, what does L.A. have to give up in each deal? Like the Indiana deal, obviously, they can say we're not going to give up two number ones, but now that Kyrie is You'd have to the give table, up more for Turner and Heald. That's right, if you want it. Right, And, yeah. I mean, now that you don't have the leverage of I'm going to hold out for Kyrie um, unless you lower your demands. So I, I, I think they would have to give up both number ones, whether there's protections on there or not. I'm sure Utah's going to demand the same thing. I don't know. Because if you, if you trade everything in separate parts – like if you're Utah, I wonder, could you get a first for just Bogdanovich? Now, could you get a first for Beverly? I don't think so. But Bogey, I think you probably could. I don't know. I, I really think that if LA can make a deal and say it's with Utah and they only have to give up one of those first round picks, I think they're going to use the other first rounder. Maybe, maybe not now. Maybe it wouldn't be till the trade deadline. But I still think they would try to make a deal where they got back either Buddy Heald or Eric Gordon using I that also, other pick. I also would probably rather have Buddy over Bogey, but I will say this. Bogey is a bona fide 20-point-per-night type of guy. Right. Um, in this role, if he were to be on the Lakers with AD and LeBron, he'd be getting the open shots. He wouldn't score that much probably because of the usage taken away. Like he would stretch their offense so much. He would absolutely stretch their offense. Open yes. lanes for LeBron and Anthony Davis. Davis, you know, getting good looks around the rim and whatnot. I, I, it's a, I, it's a seamless fit. It really it is. is. It really isn't. I mean, I, I can't see a scenario though where they try to get like Bogey and healed. Bogey the, the, and the reason I, I would I would go with Buddy would just because he's a little younger. He's a little more spry. That but but and and he's more willing to to fire up. You know more threes a game. Like, Buddy will throw up 12 to 15 a game if you give him the opportunity. Right, right, right. So, I mean... Bogey's a little better off the dribble, probably. Not sure. as fast or anything like that, but just, well, you're just not, thinking yeah. along the lines of their styles. Neither one of them is going to play great defense for you. Yeah. So, that that's a problem alone, but... That's you why... Get more size with Bogey, too. I, I really wonder, like, because Heald has been connected to the Lakers for so long... Would Gordon be a better fit, even if they got Bogey? Mm. I'd say, yeah. I mean, he's 
He's still not tall enough really to play, you know, against other threes necessarily, but he's physical enough. Maybe he can, or he can play better defense and he's, his contract is pretty attractive as well. I believe that they can opt out of that after this year too. So that's something else with healed. I think Indy would love to move off of him because he's got one more year left after this year. Mm-hmm. But Patrick Beverly and Bogdanovich are each in the final year of their deals. So, and, you know, LA doesn't want to commit, I think, to longer-term deals. I mean, they're trying to do a lot of things here. They're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. Yeah. You know, and even if you make these deals, say they make the deal with Utah, does that make them a contender? I mean, you're always a contender when you have LeBron and AD on your roster. Does it mean that your roster's great? No, but you're does, always a Does that make them a top-four team in the West? Probably not. Probably not. I, w- I would Because agree. you're looking at... You go down the list, you know... Phoenix is running it back. You have Memphis, who's on a tear. I wouldn't put him top two, but like I, I'm just thinking along the lines. You know, Denver gets Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back. Um, you're looking at Dallas, who's had a decent offseason. You're looking. I'm not even mentioning the champions. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, like Golden State's obviously at the top of that list, even though they lost some key role players. But yeah, no, that's tough. I mean, Minnesota got better. Yeah. Yeah, the Clippers. It's hard. It's hard. The Clippers get Kawhi and PG. By the way, Eric Gordon, $19.5 this year. Team option next year for basically 21. Yeah. So I don't mean, I don't even know what it would take to to get him. Like, would it take a first? Would they do it for a couple of seconds? I don't think Houston's in a hurry to trade him, though. No. So, I mean. They're smart about it. Oh, Rafi, yeah. Rafi Stone's done a good job. But, I mean, how do you think the Mitchell deal holds up the Russ deal? It shouldn't. Right. <laughs> I don't think it should unless, it, I mean, like we said, it could be in a three-way now. I mean, that's, that's something that's kind of been out there as well. But I've been of the belief, and I know we're getting down to the wire here. There's, what, five weeks before camp. Mm-hmm. I don't think Russ can show up at training camp for the Lakers. They can sit there and say all the things that they want and they have to prepare themselves for him to be there. But I think they want to do everything in their power to move him. And by the way, there are other teams. I don't know how involved they want to be, but Charlotte and San Antonio are out there as well. Now I mentioned San Antonio because they do have cap space, but in Charlotte, they were kind of tied to them before. Even I think that's kind of a long shot. So, We'll see, and I'm not saying anything's going to happen here within a week, but I would not be surprised if two or three weeks from now we saw a Russ deal or a Mitchell deal or both. Yeah. And it's about time because we can get past that crap too. There's a lot of crap we still have to get past. There was a little report, by the way, by Gambo. I'm not sure um, if there's been any you know confirmation or anything like that, but... Uh, Gambo, who's really close and tied in with the Suns, um, John Gamadaro. He's Wait, a- you don't get your news on the Suns from Flex? Radio. <laughs> you win that one. John Gambadaro tweets out a couple things on Donovan Mitchell. The Hawks, Heat, and Kings are not interested, contrary to reports. Knicks still have the best package to offer, but other teams interested are Cleveland, Washington, Charlotte, Lakers, and Brooklyn. And no, the Jazz never asked for seven first-round picks. Wait, the, 
Oh, the Lakers are inter- interested in Donovan Mitchell? Do tell. Apparently so. Of course they're interested. They don't I mean, have a lot anything. of teams that were interested in Kevin Durant, too. What are they going to do? Say, here, take Russell Westbrook and two number ones? Uh, Washington Danny, doesn't really make too much sense. I don't think they do. Um, what about Cleveland? What do you think about that fit? I mean, a sign-and-trade with Colin would make sense in that if that was the return. But, again, I don't know how much they want to stunt. Because Donovan Utah, Mitchell is someone that dominates with the ball in his hand. Well, does Utah want to commit that like, kind of money to get him and, and have exactly. him Exactly. And that's the other thing about this Donovan Mitchell stuff, too, that, that I think we touched upon a little bit last week. Even if New York goes and gets him, does that make them a top six, no. seven team in the East? Is that worth it? Is that really worth it? I think their play there, though, is once we can get one superstar guy here, that can open up the gate to get other superstar players ah, here. The long play. Yes. The long the play, long. but hopefully it doesn't take too long. Because remember, remember Donovan uh, still is under contract for four years. That final year is a player option, but he's got some years left on that deal. Yeah. Cleveland would be an interesting fit. I mean, Donovan's a really good playmaker, but again, right. he needs the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know for a fact that the Cavs want to see Mobley get more involved on the, on the playmaking end. They want to see Darius continue to be aggressive as a scorer and as a playmaker. Ah, do you think he would work well with Garland? I, I do, but it would take some time. And the other thing too is, I know how delicate this front office is with these additions. They do not want to add the wrong ingredient, which I completely understand. Um, it it it, it really is a delicate thing. And also, too, from the perspective of Mitchell, we know Mitchell, he just wants to go home. He just wants to go home, and he wants to be in a, he probably wants to be in one of those quote-unquote bigger markets, if we're telling the truth, right? Oh, yeah. So there's that. I don't, I don't, I don't think the Cavs would. Well, I don't, I don't think the Cavs would mess with it too much. I really Real quick. Don't. Okay, so. Sexton's three years younger, by the way. We mentioned Washington. I don't think it'd be a good fit. What can they actually offer? Picks and just matching Hachimura, salaries? Avdia. Just just picks and matching salaries, right? Um, Kuzma. Mm. Um, okay, so what does Charlotte offer? Gordon Hayward. He's got two years left. And they have that's, to give that's up. That's the first name that comes to mind, Gordon Hayward. Right, and they have to give up a bunch of picks. Right, and Bo- you probably would have to add in one of those young players. Maybe James Boonight. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, you look at the Lakers, all they got is Russ and two picks. That ain't happening. Um, Damn it, we're back to trade talk again, Brian. We just got past this. I know. <laughs> well, but but I'm, I'm looking off of Gambo's report. What about Brooklyn? What can they offer? They're not, I mean, Utah doesn't want Ben Simmons. No. I mean, they're not going to offer Joe Harris and Seth Curry. The irony of Ben Simmons was to go in a trade with Donovan Mitchell after all of the rookie of the year stuff. You remember mm-hmm. that? Oh, yeah. How ironic. I mean, to me, when I look at all these different things and trying to see what other teams have to offer, 
the Knicks are far and away probably the best fit. Yeah. And probably have the best package. I mean, everybody else's package is going to be the same. Let's match salaries and we'll give you picks. Mm-hmm. By the way, if I'm Utah, I'm happy to do that deal with the Knicks because just like you said, how much better is that going to make you? So now I can control of the Knicks drafts for coming years when they might not be that good still. I mean, they could be, you know, the back end of the playoffs, but I mean, you could still get some quality draft picks and it some only takes one injury, team. one injury. And the next thing you know, they're back in the lottery and Utah as has those seen, picks. As we've seen with the, you know, possibilities with the Brooklyn and Houston trade where they gave it all away, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, you know, another thing, but yeah, no, I mean, money wise, it's probably tough, but like I could see like, you know, either Fournier or Derrick Rose, you have, nobody wants to take on Fournier. <laughs> well, I mean the, the jazz would, if they got picks, I don't know. Fournier Grimes quickly, Maybe Obi, but again, matching salaries is not easy. It's not no, easy. It it is. It's not easy when people get paid as much as they do to get one deal to one deal. You usually need a third team to facilitate, and then we're right back to where we started: the Spurs, the Jazz, all these teams with cap space. I mean, the Spurs, the Pacers, all these teams with cap space that are able to do it. By the way, Fournier isn't as bad as I thought. He's got two years, and there's a team option on the third. Yeah, it's, it, I mean so it's, it's a sending contract, I think. But that's not that. I, for some reason, I thought that was a it was longer than that. No, yeah. So he's a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. All right. I think any any other enough. moves that we should expect to look for now? What other fringe players do you think we'll sign? Fringe players, or you know, players are still out there. Do you think we'll see the wells? The well is pretty damn dry. Do you think we'll see like an Isaiah Thomas or a Dwight Howard or a Boogie Well, he Cousins? tweeted. He tweeted. Did you see that? He's like, yeah. great. Now we can sign. <laughs> exactly. He's like, finally, finally. It's like the reason that it was all held up is because all these people were including their roster. I mean, Dennis Schroeder, who's been linked to the Lakers as well. How fun. I know. Mellow out there. You got Hassan Whiteside out there. Dwight Howard, DeMarcus Cousins. Yep. Boogie's out there. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin. It's, oh. it, it's, it's, it's a small, it's a small pool, buddy. Small pool. Very small pool. But I think we'll see some, a couple people sign coming up here and may, maybe it'll be right before training camp. But we're only, like I said, we're only five weeks away from training camp. It'll happen while I'm in Charlotte. Of Book course it. it will. You know, you know it's all going to happen when, it's in, when I'm in hey, Charlotte. Because hey, since you're going to be in Charlotte, you know you're only like a couple hours away from me. Yeah, if you want to come up, join the crew, going on Lake Norman, getting a boat, maybe doing some jet skiing, some yard games, mm. lots of alcoholic beverages. It's going to be a good time. Interesting. It's be a really good time. Hmm. Sorry that you can't come. <laughs> <laughs> but hey. You can send a letter to my HOA and tell them to screw off. <laughs> you could always do that. I think you should just buddy. draw a middle finger on the blinds when you close them. That's what shows. Get that gift from Along Came Polly. Or no, not Along Came Polly. Is that Along Came Polly? What movie is that? No, What Happens in Vegas. Sorry. There you go. Yeah. Screwed up my... Rob Corddry holding up the notepad with the the, guy, <laughs> the, the drawing of the, the finger being... <laughs> Fantastic. Yep. We're getting off base here. 
We're getting off base here. So while we are, by the way, shout out Johnny Gargano. Cleveland man. Makes his return. WWE Raw in Toronto. Went nuts. Sucks he couldn't do it in his hometown a couple weeks ago when Raw was here. But very happy for him. It's my guy. One of my first interviews in the wrestling world. Brian's familiar with him. Hopefully everyone else is. Hey, for all of those people that think that, hey, this is a you know short guy that doesn't have any skills and is bland or whatever like that, go ahead and look at WWE's account right now. One million views on his return, and it's been less than 24 hours. So stick it up your rear end. That's my last thing. That's my swung song. This has been Keep It at 94 with Spencer Davies and Brian Fritz, again, a part of the basketballnews.com podcast network. We also got the great ones for you to listen to. The Dunker Spot with Nikaias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr. Been doing an excellent job covering the WNBA playoffs and more, so make sure you listen to that. The Alex Kennedy Podcast with Alex Kennedy. The rematch with Aton Thomas and, of course, Decision Dimes with the ladies. Make sure you subscribe to those and keep it at 94 on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, and make sure you leave a comment. Rate us. Review us. We don't bite, I promise. Check out basketballnews.com. We've got a lot of player interviews coming up here soon as we enter the end of August here soon. This is crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. We are on Twitter. I'm at Spin Davies. He is at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram at Spin Davies. He is on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. Toodaloo. Until next time, I will be on a boat in about three days. I'm very excited about that. So when I get back and I am back onto the land and in the land, we'll talk to you then.